double bogey at the fifth and a birdie at the sixth. Watch this. Hello! One hopper. <laughs> one bouncing in, hole in one at the U.S. Open for Patrick Reed. A hole in one. You got to get more excited on a hole in one. Hey, look at that, a hole in one. Now, come on! You got to come out of your shoes for a hole in one. Yeah, P. Reed's a cheater. He cheated on the hole in one? No, no, How did that he do was that? clean. That's not easy to do. That was clean. He went up and he used a big uh, carving thing, and he carved the holes like two feet wide. Ah, he changed no. the definition of what a hole is. No, he did not cheat on that shot. He is it's just known as less than honorable. Did you use the toe wedge? I do that sometimes. <laughs> the size nine iron. <laughs> Donald Trump calls for, quote, patriotic education to defend American history from the left, is the headline in the New York Times. At the National Archives Museum yesterday, the president warned against a radical movement that has emerged from decades of left-wing indoctrination in our schools. That is absolutely 100% true. What? Now, wait a minute. I was listening to Nakedly Progressive Radio this morning, NPR, and they said the president said schools should no longer teach about racism or slavery. They are such liars. You oh, know, my gosh. And the, but they're the, part of the resistance. And we're going to talk more about that. And it's pushing back against the 1619 Project being taught in schools all across America, as we predicted would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, even though historians left, right, and middle have said, look, this is a load of crap, all right? Yeah, well, there are, there are quite a few sections of it, and some of them are perfectly valid, but several of them are utterly garbage. And, so, and the, the garbagey ones are, are often the ones being taught. Um, you know, it fits in with the, well, this headlines from the San Francisco Chronicle. U.S. federal labs stop diversity training. This is all about the White House, Trump, ending critical race theory being taught in government agencies, which it was uh, mandated, uh, and he put an end to it. It is being treated by the media as its racial sensitivity training has been ended because Donald Trump is... Racially insensitive, so right. he doesn't want people to be sensitive. No, no, no. You, no, critical race theory is a different thing. Yes, it is, and it demonizes people. It, it it puts everybody into their armed racial camps. It's a horror. It's one of the most racist things that's ever come along. If you want to uh, teach people in some reasonable way that everybody get, has to get along, nobody can be discriminated against, look past people's skin to their, their character and their soul, and, and, and everybody gets their constitutional rights, oorah, I'm with you. But critical race theory is garbage. If they're going to be teaching, you know, white people are born racist and there's nothing they can do about it. They're just inherently racist. They're going to be teaching that in schools and, uh, and they and, are teaching and, it in and making people in government hear it at all levels. I want to know if Joe Biden is for that or not. That's the one thing I want somebody to nail him down on. Would you reverse Trump's orders on this stuff? I have a feeling. I know what his answer would be. Yeah, I would yeah. like to. I would like that nailed down. Yeah. Now, everybody's been aware for some time that your kids, starting in kindergarten, are being indoctrinated to uh, uh, to believe all sorts of left-wing stuff. Um, you know, the whole LGBTRLFBBQ stuff um, got a fair amount of attention. But the racial stuff, the political stuff, the um, the free market is evil. They use the term capitalism, which is, you know, I guess everybody does these days, but that's straight out of Marx. Um that stuff is starting in kindergarten and right through grad school. Every single level. And the president's completely right when he says there is 
left-wing indoctrination in school. Absolutely, and it's horrifying that that we parents have done such a bad job of policing this all these years. Hey, Michael, do we still have that clip from Thanksgiving from Family Guy where uh, Hank Hill's kid says, I will not eat the white man's white bean? The only reason I want to hear that is just trying to nail how old is that clip that's like 20 years old yeah that's a solid 20 years old so 20, i will not eat the white man's white meat so 20 years ago bobby yeah go ahead michael if you found it bobby in honor of your first carving we're gonna fry up one of the turkeys this year Dad, that is no way to celebrate the rape of the native americans for 350 years Bobby, don't use the word rape. It's not polite. I don't know how else to describe this idiotic ritual. Dad, you and your white people stole hundreds of thousands of acres from John Redcorn, and now you celebrate by frying a turkey? When does the killing end? So that was 20 years ago-ish, and we all laughed. Oh, it's true. And we've all had, I have had, that's long before I had children. I've had my kids say stuff like that at the dinner table. Right. And we all think, God dang it. Uh, why, why would we allow our kids to come up with radically different views of the world than we, ha- than we hold ourselves? Right, right. Well, I think part of it is uh, we've, we've seen little signs here and there, but having been through American public schools, virtually all of us that we're talking to right now, we had a fairly reasonable assumption that it was reasonably similar these days. I mean, I used to play baseball. Uh, uh, you know, if I went to a game now and, uh, you know, the the baseball was made of, of clay and they're hitting it with not a bat but a fish, I mean, I'd, I'd be shocked. Well, it's, I can tell you, I know for a fact that m- m- my kids' public schooling radically different than your kids' public schooling was. Right, and my kids it, are in their 20s. In that yeah. amount of time. Yeah. Absolutely true. And the the WAPO, which, again, is part of the resistance, saying Trump has alleged some sort of conspiracy theory of left-wing indoctrination. Tell you what, this this move itself creating the 1776 Commission to which, in what appeared to be a barb at the New York Times 1619 Project, uh, yes, it is, clearly, and, and should be, um, it's a small amount of money. It's a grant to come up with pro-American curriculum. I like it as... But in substance, it's not much. Politically speaking, this is going to land with a fanfare, the the choir of angels, the blasting of trumpets across the heartland among parents who know this is happening and are extremely troubled by it. Again, back to the incredible NPR, the shameless NPR. One of their lying anchorettes said this morning, she was talking to some uh, school teacher, principal, or somebody who said, and now we're starting to see Trump's rhetoric echoed by parents. I got a letter that said blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, and this is great. This is what got Trump elected in 2016, and this is what the New York Times vowed they were going to try to figure out, but then changed their minds and got even more woke. Trump, they're not echoing Trump's rhetoric. Trump is echoing the rhetoric of millions of American parents. How could you get that wrong? Certainly, how on could this you topic. think it was his idea? I, I I wonder in the in the modern world if it's possible for news to get out to people who don't already you know take their news from you know uh, people who would tend to support Trump already support Trump. If you you know kind of don't, will you even hear about this? Uh, to, way, to a large extent, no, no, nope. 
But you talk about an issue where I could see people who, uh, you know, are okay with some of Trump's policies but just can't stand him as the guy. This would be the one that say, I'll hold my nose and vote. Yes. Over the fact that my kid's not going to be taught this crap in school anymore. 100%. I refuse to eat the white man's white meat. Oh, Bobby. Bobby? They Somebody really should nail this down on a national stage, Biden's point of view on this and Trump's point of view on this, and let us argue it out. This one's right. important. Yeah. You want to teach the horrors of slavery? Go. You should. Slavery all over the earth. There are more slaves right now on earth than there have ever been. For instance, you might mention that. Um, but the uh, the African slave trade, go ahead. I learned about it in school. It's fine. You ought to know it. You ought to know the depths of a man's inhumanity to man. But to teach that the Constitution was written to perpetuate slavery, that the reason we broke away from Britain was to make sure we could keep slaves, that is a lie. That is blatantly, brutally dishonest. And they're teaching it to your kids in schools. You know what? Hold your nose and... uh, You know, there ought to be a term, not never Trumpers, but barely Trumpers. Because I think there are a lot of Americans, and um, and that's and, a good one. You know, I, I got to admit, there's some days I'm one. Um, this has absolutely motivated me to say hoorah for Donald J. Trump with all of his flaws. Finally, somebody is saying this out loud. Not only somebody, but from the White House. Our text God, there's hope. Our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC four one five two nine five KFTC. Um, is there one of your big award shows this weekend? Not that I watch these award shows. Uh, yeah, the Emmys. The Emmys are this week. I'm a conscientious objector uh, from answering that question. The 72nd annual Primetime Emmy Awards. Yeah, I um, I probably won't watch, but I do have some interest in some of my favorite TV shows. Yeah, uh, I got to admit, I makes, do too. Makes, makes you feel better about yourself if they win awards. Mm, used to. Well, still does a little. I hate to admit it. I'm watching the best show. Nah. You're not. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're thinking Better Call Saul won't win for best drama. I think, but uh, a lot of critics are saying it should. It God, is, that show is every brilliant. Minute of it is great. That show is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. People are saying it's making uh, folks forget about the show it spun off of. I'm not sure that's true. Um, I think the skill of the people who made it got better. During Better Call Saul, so I think they're responding to a lot of that. Yeah. It gets uh, better. I'm only watching. I'm, I'm only a season in. Oh man, oh, yeah. I mean, it gets better. Oh, it's so great because it's just it's amazing to me how good it is in the acting. And th- there could be n- no bigger fan of uh, Breaking Bad than me, but Better Call Saul has more flavors. It has more colors on its palate. Um, it's uh, it's it's incredible. But you know, watch it if you want. And it's up for best uh, drama. Yeah, yeah, it, it's got a handful of, of things, including best drama series. Outstanding drama series. They don't say best, they say outstanding. Gotcha. Any more of our favorites on that list? Uh, Ozark's, can, Ozark's maybe, on there, Mandalorian's on there. Okay, all, um, the, all the stuff I'm watching. I only watch the best Succession stuff. is great, and I, I, I'd I like just to wish Ozark guys... had more violence. <laughs> oh, my God. Jeez. Good Lord. I'm only a season into that one, too, but holy crap. I was watching with the kids, and they cry the whole episode. <laughs> wow. Good parenting. Hey, uh, <laughs> I know like 100% more about money laundering than I did before I watched that show. So it's uh, entertaining and educational. Armstrong and Getty.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't think it's offensive at all. I don't, it's just a restaurant. And she said it was not appropriate for school. And I asked her why, and she said, if you really want to know why, go ask the principal. He told me to take it off three times, and I asked him why. He just said, just take it off, so I took it off. We go there as a family. We eat there. I mean, our, our favorite thing there is, what, the chocolate cake? <laughs> okay. That's fine. Uh, teach your own. Little fifth grader who went to school wearing a Hooters mask. And the, uh, the owl-themed American restaurant. <laughs> Owl-themed restaurant. Yes. Uh, fascinating beast. Can turn his head clear around. Founded by the Audubon Society, from my understanding. Exactly. What, correct. you don't like conservation? And they so, serve owl wings. So the kid wore a Hooters-themed mask to school. They made him take it off. Teacher even sent him to the principal's office. They just made him wear a different mask. Uh, All right. You know, it's not it's not horrifying or anything. Like It's just a sports bar. It's just a sports bar. It's like but, every other sports bar. It is exactly they, like every other it's sports bar. a little bar. different. I don't think it's much. It's not much different than sports bars I've been to. Uh, yeah, girls dress the same. Shorts. Yeah, sport, the, yeah. tops or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's different in that they make them wear pantyhose underneath their shorts. That's kind of weird. Who wants that? The sports bars don't have like national waitress beauty pageant competitions. And yeah, but they could. Well, they and they're not <laughs> named essentially after breasts. Right. Is what? it a family restaurant, though? Uh, it's not where I would take my kids to eat. Well, but there's nothing going on there, though, Michael. No. It's just no. it's it's women wearing shorts and T-shirts delivering chicken wings and beers. But I'm not taking my kids to other sports bars either. Right. To eat. Just, you know. To each their own, though. Hey, Young, um, what's our favorite thing there? The the cake, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I came across this uh, critic of sports, and I Joe, know Joe doesn't watch the NBA now. It's dead to me. I'm usually a giant NBA fan. I haven't caught a second of action. I mean, I love NBA playoffs. That's my favorite sport. But it says the NBA playoff games are better in the bubble. The no home court, the no fans, the no travel, just two teams playing basketball. It's actually better basketball. That's interesting. Hmm. Um, I haven't watched any. Baseball is instituting a multi-city bubble system for its playoffs as well. Hmm. Uh, until uh, the first round is the top seed gets all three home games. Um, gets all three games, just three game series. It's an extra round of playoffs, but there's and then not they're going to go to just four stadiums in California and Texas. But there's not a crowd, so that's most Correct. of your home home field advantage, right? right. Yeah, but then uh, the World Series, um, and actually after the first round, I think this is correct. Uh, all the rounds will be at neutral fields, and then the World Series is at a neutral field. Huh? Well, we don't, unless the Texas Rangers get into the series. I think I like or that. Is it Houston? I can't remember. I, I like the idea of neutral fields for playoff stuff, but I do think there needs to be some sort of advantage for being a better regular season team. Like sure, the, yeah, the number one seed should have some advantage in how they figure that out. I don't know. You going start the game ahead on. two to nothing. I love the idea That's of, the, I would do it. of the the higher seed gets to pick who they play. That, well, that'd be my favorite. Oh, that'd be cool. Oh, that'd be wait a yeah. minute. Wait a minute. Now that's that echoes of the schoolyard cruelty we all grew up with. Uh, you know, the, the ancient expression isn't, crack of the bat the pitter patter of feet that was the crack of the bat the roar of the crowd that's why you're there man uh come on man 
working from home, Zoom working, people are actually working more hours and there's more burnout, they think. Oh, boy. More than half of those polled said they've been working outside of their contractual hours since lockdown more than ever, putting in an additional 59 hours or the equivalent of seven working days over the last five months. Uh, I don't know what accounts for that exactly, because you're, I don't know exactly what accounts for that. Because you're at the office? A third of people say lockdown has brought them closer to burnout. Well, Uh, yeah, I think that could be because life just isn't as much fun as it was. Lack of a variety, yeah. You don't have your your pressure valve releases that you used to have in a lot of ways. Oh, it's just uh, presuming you get along with your coworkers, you don't have any of that camaraderie. It's life burnout. Yeah. You know, it's just overall life burnout. You're in the same place you were all day yesterday and the day before. And I have heard husbands and wives talk about how much they liked it when their husband or, well, when their spouse, you know, went back to work. Mm-hmm. They both liked it. Yeah. Uh, the being in the same house all the time is just, you know, that's what the, that's a lot of the burnout. We're not designed for that. No, we're the not. The best relationship in the world isn't designed for that. Ask mm-hmm. a lot of retirees. Career burnout is most likely to happen at the age of 32, a study found. I don't know why that what? is. <laughs> isn't that your first job what? in the modern world? Your first, ser- your first serious job? Oh, my God. This my is- mom said, i got to leave the basement and come here and flip burgers. It's the American 32-year-old. I think I'm burnt out. I am so burnt out. I've been doing this for two weeks. <laughs> this sucks. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. If the president had done his job, had done his job from the beginning, all the people would still be alive. All the people, I'm not making this up, just look at the data. Look at the data. According to the Washington Post, actually Biden is making this up. That Their words exactly. We're looking at the data. <laughs> that was Joe Biden, his town hall last night on CNN, which he's getting uh, criticized, obviously, from the right. But uh, a few people on the left and center also saying, wow, a pretty stark difference between. And, you know, I predicted this, not that it was hard to predict. Pretty stark difference between the level of questioning and follow up on CNN last night versus what Trump faced on ABC on Tuesday night. CNN is getting hammered left, right, and center, and and uh, and Andy Cooper. His campaign's not doing him any favors shielding him from, from scrutiny. Or are they? Or are they? Um, you know, we got I'm, another tape to, to that question in a minute. What, what, if, what if my belief is he can handle it, but why just subject him to more than you have to? He's, let's just subject him to one, where he's just got to pull it off once instead of endlessly. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, That's clearly what they're trying to do. Yeah, a lot of your experts are saying no, no, no. You need to you need to be ready for uh, major league pitching come debate time. Mm. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. But Joe Biden asked about. Uh, well, I'll just read from the Washington Post because it's pretty striking them saying this. Joe Biden's CNN town hall an occasional whopper. It says. A Joe Biden town hall does not hit the Pinocchio meter as much as Donald Trump's town hall did, says the Washington Post. Biden sticks to close facts, but occasionally gets carried away with some over-exuberance. Here are five claims that caught our attention. And the one we just played. If the president had done his job, had done his job from the beginning, all the people would still be alive. All the 200,000 people would still be alive. 
All the people, I'm not making this up. Just look at the data. Look at the data. The Washington Post goes on to say, actually, Biden is making this up. There is no data to support this. Uh, Even if the president had moved rapidly in January to deal with the coronavirus and been able to persuade the Chinese leadership to be more forthcoming about the situation. um, uh, And he also says the states are run by 50 state governors. Policies have varied greatly. Trump has been faulted for not articulating a national plan, but he would have had to persuade every governor to follow the same plan because he can't make them do it. Right, which is a good point from the Washington Post. Yeah, the same people who are calling Trump a dictator are saying he should have taken seized control of all of America's yeah, health care. Yeah, that, that is an place. interesting one. Each governor had the opportunity with just as much information as Trump had, for the most part, to do whatever they wanted to. In fact, mm-hmm. they've got way more power, as we've talked about multiple times, than the president does in this situation. So regularly laying a, a blame or credit at a president's feet is ridiculous there's another habit biden has that if if you're paying attention you've noticed um and and when people pay attention watch me that's actually not it uh get your hands off my daughter the Um, hair sniffing fell by the wayside the swimming naked in front of female secret service agents fell by the wayside and uh, it oh, might be back. And the, the wo- big ad blitz is just beginning. And the woman claiming he pushed up against the wall and you know and touched her inappropriately—that yeah. has fallen by the wayside. Yeah, yeah, just half. But anyway, there's another uh, habit he has that uh, you'll hear. This is from the town hall last night. I would also make it clear that when you, in fact, it's got to be—if if any of that is being purchased by any government agency—that it will not. We will not purchase anything that is not made in America, including including the downriver line of of what has to be done, all the parts. You can't do what he's doing now. You can't do where he's given a tax break to companies that, in fact, go overseas, bring their and then import the product back into the United States of America, even though the headquarters is here. He has a real problem completing thoughts. That's an old guy thing. Yeah, it is. The other thing, and I've noticed he does this a lot, is he'll get stuck halfway through a thought like that, and he'll say, come on, think about it. Think about it. As if, you know, he's just laid something heavy on you, and he just didn't completely lose his train of thought. Come on. Yeah, that's an old come guy on. thing. Come on. He didn't come on. Use, he didn't used to do that when he was younger. No. Um, no. Yeah, that debate. But, uh, Two weeks from this coming Tuesday? Seriously, I, I understand Trump uh, lays out whoppers, exaggerates, does all that sort or of stuff, one too. one week from this coming Tuesday? Uh, it's a week from Tuesday. A week from Tuesday. Yeah, sorry, um, I've misled you. Fake news. Trump lays out all kinds of whoppers and that, that sort of stuff, but... Oh, oh by, by the way, every time Trump speaks, there's fact check on the side. There was no fact checking going on last night during Biden's thing. How in the hell does Anderson Cooper... I mean... Ah, Makes my head want to explode. How does Anderson Cooper not stop Joe Biden and say, whoa, 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 every death, all 200,000, you're laying at uh, the president's feet. Well, if yeah. you had been president, if someone had been president, nobody would have died? How do you how do you let that go? Because he switched teams. Anderson Cooper switched teams. He, he left team journalist and joined team resistance. As uh, his network is, uh, is ordered, old Jeff Zucker. They're at CNN. They are dedicated resist the resistance channel. They're trying to beat MSNBC at that. They've made their decision. 
And it's kind of a shame because Anderson Cooper is a bright guy and he used to do some pretty solid journalism. I, I remember that, but he's, well, he's, he's gone free agent. He's with Team Resistance now. Maybe we'll talk a little more about this with Lon He Chen next hour. He's uh, one of our favorite political pundits. And uh, in just a second, man, the uh, m- movie industry stuck their toe in the water. Are things back to normal yet? Uh, no, they're not. Oh, boy. I'll tell you about that next. So a uh, note from our friends at CarShield, and when they said, hey, are you guys willing to do a commercial for CarShield? I said, I don't know. Let's look into this. Checked into it. It's really quite terrific, yeah. especially if you have a car that's about to be out of warranty or has been out of warranty. CarShield offers a wide range of protection plans that can save you thousands for covered repairs. So, for instance, the check engine light comes on or you hear clunk, clunk. You don't have to think, oh, no, what is this going to cost me anymore? Yeah, so you you buy a car, it's got that great bumper-to-bumper warranty thing, and you know the exact date it runs out. <laughs> and then you always think, that's when I'm going to get my big bill. That's when I'm going to have a problem. You don't have to drive around worried anymore with Car Shield. You can sign up easily. You can end it easily if you want to. Yeah, there's no long contract. It's it's really quite simple. And CarShield has helped over a million drivers. The reviews are fantastic. They're America's number one auto protection company. Here's how you get the info. Just dial 800-CAR-6000. Mention the car, the uh, code Armstrong. Or more likely, you're going to go to CarShield.com. CarShield.com. Use the code Armstrong. So the movie Tenet was a big oh, budget. We're supposed to say a deductible may apply. Okay. I, I said it. So the movie Tenet was a big budget Hollywood, you know, spy thriller, sort of be just be a giant movie, right? Going to make gazillions of dollars. Christopher Nolan directed thing, yeah. The, What's it called? Uh, Tenet. Uh, Tenet? Yeah, T-E-N-E-T, Tenet. Oh, that's the dude's name? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know either. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'll stop asking questions. But yeah, it, I'll be like Anderson Cooper and not ask any follow-ups. This was this was. I almost drove out of state to go see this movie. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they thought it was that kind of movie. It was going to bring people back to the theaters. Well, tentpole was that say? It didn't at all. Even close. It made about ten million dollars each of its first two weeks in the theaters. And uh, the result from Hollywood of that is we're not going to make this mistake again of putting a very, very expensive $200 million movie on the market unless we're sure theaters are open and operating at significant capacity. So a lot of them aren't open. A lot of them aren't allowing a bunch of people in them. And then a lot of them, if they are allowing people in, people aren't going. So I'm not going to a movie theater. Oh, no, Sean is, not but I'm chance. not. Nope. I'm not. You can put out, you know, this is Cars times Shrek times whatever the greatest child movie of all time. I'm not taking my kids to the movie theater. And I, found it, I, I think I'm going to go see this at the drive-in this weekend. That's the that's the compromise I made with myself. This movie is it's it's a combination of Aladdin and Citizen Kane. It's just amazing. <laughs> mm, waiting for pay-per-view. <laughs> so this Tenet movie, how quickly can they throw that to pay-per-view? Or is there a contract with theater? that they uh, get it for X number of weeks. Christopher Nolan was the biggest obstacle to doing the on-demand thing because he's one of those auteurs, I, I make this to be seen on the big screen. Nah, and, right. And, and, I got nah, a big nah, screen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 70 millimeters. How smart are you now, Nolan? Huh? Uh, but yeah, so some a lot of movies are doing the, the straight to on-demand, like the, the Mulan as an example, right? Just the, you yeah. pay 30 bucks, you can watch it at home. Christopher Nolan was the hurdle to, to preventing that. And now... Movies are saying, well, if that's the case and we have these budgets and we got to make money somehow, we just need to wait to release them. Wow. Interesting. Uh, did you uh, you and the family ever watch that Mulan movie? I have not. My son really wants to watch it. We might watch it tomorrow night. Well, he's got to learn that life's full of disappointments. So uh, I think you should. Some people aren't liking it. Oh, no people are liking it. Yeah, it's funny. I've only read the political stuff. I have not the reviews, but um, just people continue to be flabbergasted. 
over the fact that that a, a movie thanks China at the end for allowing us to use the land where you keep slaves. The mouse, uh, through his attorney, said it's standard practice to thank the region where you filmed. That said, it's nothing new. So they enslave people. So they kill people. So they have concentration camps. Come on, quit being so picky. You gotta lower your ideals of freedom if you want to suck on the warm teat of China. The mouse is completely amoral. But Just know that. if the state of Georgia, for instance, makes abortion slightly less accessible, yes. we will not film movies there anymore. Yes, Disney will announce, yeah, we don't think we can film there anymore. Well, that's an interesting couple of standards there, uh, Mick. Mick Mouse. I'd say. Yeah. Oh, I got to tell you about a uh, a couple of football players who are saying, "Hey, some of this protest stuff, I'm not down with it, and I want people to know I'm not down with it." And you mentioned a mouse. How about Chuck E. Cheese, Charles Edgar Cheese? Um, I believe it's entertainment. They want all of their he's tickets back. He's a rat, back. isn't he? Do you? Ha- I think he's a rat. Yeah. Do you have any of those tickets that you won that you were saving up? They want them back. Are you asking me? It's part of their bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> You might. You had kids. I have some you mutual have kids, funds I'd be delighted to tell you your about. Your kids were younger at one point. Yes, they were indeed. But we just we went ahead and got the spider ring there or a <laughs> kazoo or whatever while we were there. <laughs> More on that coming up. Armstrong and Getty. As John Maynard Keynes, Stephen A. said, hey, Chuck, famous that's economist, that's all you got? when the facts change, so does my opinion. What about you, sir? Did you so bring up last an year when you showed Did that you just clip, bring up by an the way, economist? let's start with, let's start, Did now you I just have to bring debunk up an all the bunk that you just spewed. You had you your chance. You just brought up an economist on a basketball argument. All the Is that bunk. what you just did? <laughs> the always agitated Stephen A. Smith. That's something. And it is something that someone quoted John Maynard Keynes in a basketball argument. Did you just bring up an economist? <laughs> yeah, it happens sometimes. So oh. speaking, yes, what? Huh? He just cracks me up. He, he just commits to the bit so well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He Well, he knows his brand. Yeah. Uh, the U.S. Open golf tournament going on. In uh, beautiful New York, winged foot, fabulous track, enjoying that. Also from the world of sports, more significantly, the Steelers' Maurice, uh, I'm sorry, Marquise Pouncey has uh, made a statement. The Pittsburgh Steelers were going to play their Monday night game against the New York football giants with the name of Antoine Rose on the back of their helmets. Okay. Um, I don't know that one. Well, you're about to. Mr. Pouncey uh, says, I was given limited information on the situation regarding Antoine, and I was unaware of the whole story surrounding his death and what transpired during the trial following the tragedy. Uh, He was killed by police while fleeing. I'm not advocating for anything. I'm providing facts and context. I believe 30 minutes before encountering police, Rose was the trigger man in a drive-by shooting. The police were trying to arrest him for the shooting when he fled. It's context. Hmm. 
Um, on the night of June uh, 19th, 2018, the car Antoine Rose Jr., who was black, was a passenger in, was pulled over while the driver was being handcuffed on suspicion of being involved in an incident that happened earlier in the evening. An incident? A frightened Rose fled from the car. Um, Teresa Varley wrote on Steelers.com. So after an incident, he was frightened. And he fled from the car. That's from the Pittsburgh freaking Steelers. And I've read several accounts of this guy's announcement, and I was a little mystified because it never explained. Well, okay, he says now he has clarification and he doesn't want the name on his his helmet. But they never explained in multiple news outlets. Wow. That the reason was because the guy's a murderer or an attempted murderer, and the cops were trying to arrest people for murdering other people, and when somebody who moments before sprayed bullets at people and tried to murder them, when they flee, yeah, the cops shoot them because they're armed and dangerous. Unbelievable. So, again, let's, let's listen to this Steelers account. On the night, he was a passenger while the driver was being handcuffed in suspicion of being involved in an incident that happened earlier that evening. A frightened Rose fled from the car, Teresa Varley wrote on Steelers.com. The cell phone video a bystander captured showed Rose running, and then you could hear gunshots and see that he was fatally shot in the back three times by a white East Pittsburgh police officer. As uh, the Outkick writes, Joe Kinsey writes in Outkick.com, the Steelers failed to mention deeper details surrounding the case, such as the victim in the drive-by incident told investigators it was Rose who shot at him. The beef was between me and him. That car came by, he shot at me. I ran to the store, etc. Police found a 9mm handgun magazine in Rose's pocket. A loaded 9mm Glock was found under the seat with 16 rounds and a 17-round mag- magazine. Police also stated gunshot residue was found on Rose's hands. Wow, that is just unconscionable. I wonder if Kamala Harris is proud of him. That is just unconscionable to try to get that going, as you know, to continue the narrative of its open season on black men and yeah, LeBron's whole white cops get up in the morning looking to end a black man's life, and you're trying to continue that when all of the evidence is against you. the The known evidence. This one's not even a close call. That's really an awful thing to do. Interestingly enough, the cop was charged. Um, he was a, a rookie cop. He claimed he thought one of the teens had turned and pointed a gun at him, but a jury acquitted him after four hours of deliberation. Um, key to the jury's uh, decision was essentially that the guy he was chasing was a known violent criminal and had just been involved in, in life-threatening violence. Pouncey, whose fellow offensive lineman Alejandro Villanueva declined to have uh, uh, Antoine Rose's name on the back of his helmet and instead said, um, I want the name of... Oh, they don't use the name. I was going to use the guy's name deliberately, intentionally. I'll dig it up. But um, Villanueva served several tours in the Middle East, and he wanted the name of one of his uh, comrades who was killed in action a Silver Star recipient. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. God bless you, Alejandro. Good for you. And I'm sorry I don't have the name at my fingertips. But um, the Steelers have chosen to wear Rose's name on the back of their helmets for the entire season. 
moving forward, Pouncey said, um, I'll make my own decision about what to wear on the back of my helmet. Make no mistake, I am against racism, and I believe the best thing I can do is to continue to help repair relationships between the police and their communities. System racism issues have occurred in our country for too long, and that needs to stop. But he's an independent thinker. You know what? I might disagree with him on you know, 98% of life. I don't, I don't know, but I certainly respect him. Well done, Mar- Marquise. By the way, the reward for the wanted gunman who shot two L.A. sheriff's deputies is now at $675,000. If you know anybody who knows anybody who knows anything, six hundred seventy-five grand. Uh, we're going to talk to Lon Hee Chen, political pundit, super smart guy. Maybe you see him on the TV now and then. He talks to us on uh, Fridays. We'll talk politics with him. Where do you suppose that trigger man is? You think he's left L.A., or is he just in the basement somewhere? Laying low, I suppose. They'll in find him. brother's basement or something. They'll find him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised he's still at large, honestly. Yeah. Um, I want to ask Lon He about, I watched some of Trump's rally last night. Maybe I just caught a bad 15-minute stretch, but, man, I thought Trump was spending way too much time just complaining about people who have done him wrong and not enough reason to vote for him like he did in 2016. Mm. I'll build a wall. I'll do something about illegal immigration. I'll get your work, your jobs back, all that sort of stuff. That's interesting because earlier in the day he made that announcement about uh, ending left-wing indoctrination in schools and stuff, and I was so, I am so yeah. enthusiastic about that issue. Yeah. He came off as bored and like not interested in what he was saying. It was like he was being forced to say it in a deposition or something. I love, it was a I love the content, but he was really flat delivering it, man. Yeah. Hmm. Armstrong and Getty.